This week's scripture comes from Esther chapter 4. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes. He went through the city, wailing with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. In every province, wherever the king's command and his decree came, there was a great mourning among the Jews, with fasting and weeping and lamenting, and most of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Esther's maids and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called for Haddock, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed to her and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn that what was happening and why. Haddock went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him, and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction, that he might show it to Esther, explain it to her, and charge her, to go to the king to make supplication to him and entreat him for her people. Haddock went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Haddock and gave him a message for Mordecai, saying, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law. All alike are to be put to death. Only if the king holds out the golden scepter to someone, may that person live. I myself have not been called to come in the king for 30 days. When they told Mordecai what Esther had said, Mordecai told him to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter, but you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. Then Esther said in reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf, and neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. I and my maids will also fast as you do. After that, I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish." Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the book of Esther is one of the most fun books in the Bible. And considering the reality that we find ourselves in right now, um, disconnected socially, I thought it would be awesome this morning to have Keith, who is our Christian counselor on staff, and Michelle Paquette, who's our director of student ministries, share in our message this morning. Um, So that is why we're all up here. And um, we're going to be talking about how this particular chapter in the book of Esther is coming to life in real time. Now, Esther, I said, is a really unique book. Um, It's one of those books in the Bible um, where God is speaking and God is moving, and yet we never actually hear the name of God mentioned. And here in chapter 4 that you just heard Chrissy uh, read, we we find ourselves right in the middle um, of a time and a place where Esther who just two chapters before was an orphan. She had no status, uh, but somehow she finds herself as the queen. And um, she finds herself in this situation now where her people, the Jewish people, 
um, they are at risk of losing their life. And she finds this out. Her uncle tells her um, what is about to happen. Now, Esther, who was just an orphan two chapters ago, who might not um, think that she has power or position or, or gifts or any means at all to influence what is about to happen to her people, is challenged. She's challenged by God. She's challenged by her faith to speak and to act and to serve God in a way that shows the people God's goodness and that speaks directly into her reality at the time. There's a passage here in Esther chapter 4 where her uncle Mordecai basically says to her, perhaps you have been brought into this time and this place for a time just like this. Perhaps that you right now have been brought to whatever situation you find yourself in for a time just like this. Now, I imagine that many of us right now feel unprepared and unequipped to be going through life or ministry or family um, in our current reality, um, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of having to be distanced and be disrupted. And yet, here we are. And so today, we're going to hear stories about how we have been possibly equipped and brought into ministry for a time such as this. We might not feel equipped, we might not feel ready, but neither did Esther, and yet here we are, trying to figure out how to trust and to be loyal and to have courage and also to act, to make decisions and to lead maybe or to follow when we're finding ourselves in new territory. So uh, Keith, as I mentioned, he is our Christian counselor here on staff. And um, he finds himself in, in a unique situation on many fronts. And so um, do you want to share today just how this scripture is speaking to your reality in your ministry? Absolutely. Um, so when I reflect on this week's scripture reading, I'm drawn to how challenging this task was for Esther. If she entered the king's court without permission, she could pay with her life. And her course of action was absolutely amazing. Instead of cowering in fear, she asked her uncle to gather the Jews in Susa and to fast and to pray. And she would do the same thing with with her people. Um, When faced with adversity, they fasted and they prayed as God's community. And I think we are called to do the same thing today. Uh, I think we're called to, to figure out what does our community look like today because it's not the same confines that we are mm-hmm. used to. Um, and then for me personally, the coronavirus, it's an interesting challenge. I, I've suffered two heart attacks and have coronary artery disease. Uh, I consistently try to live my life as if, you know, it is to the fullest extent that I can live it. Um, and finding that balance in this current challenge is very difficult, to say the least. Uh, knowing how easily this virus is transmitted from person to person and the complications that I will face, uh, it gives me reason to pause. Uh, the challenge to my spiritual walk is, is not where is God in all of this or anything of those lines, but how do I live out my faith? How do I go about loving God with all that I have and loving my neighbors myself? Uh, I feel very called into my profession as a Christian counselor, and I must remain true to that calling regardless of the challenges and obstacles that I face. Uh, the real questions, though, need to be addressed is, you know, how can I counsel if I can't be in the same room with other people? I mean, we're, we're spaced out a little bit here, and we've had discussions about that. Um, you know, how, how, how do we follow the directions and directives that we're given? Um, and then the other question, is it truly worth leaving the safety of my own home to make myself available to others? Um, and, and this was a very difficult decision, and there were numerous conversations between myself and God and then my wife to find out and, and kind 
kind of what we've come to is that now more than ever, we need to be in a place that we're available to reach out to others. Uh, and I think that right now to be able to express God's peace and to share his love is, is imperative during these very anxious times. Uh, once it was decided that we would counsel, um, the next hurdle was how do we counsel in a virtual environment? Uh, any of my clients that have worked with me know that I struggle with technology a great deal. It's something we joke about in sessions. Um, but I understand that communication is more than words, and sometimes the unspoken word can be more powerful and can help direct the counseling path. Uh, so I was apprehensive, to say the least, of what would be lost through the environment that we were about to use, would I be able to counsel effectively in this environment? Um, to overcome this, I spent a lot of time in prayer and studying effective counseling techniques. Many times while preparing for this change, I was leaning towards not counseling. But through prayer and thought, I just kept coming to the same place. Be available. Don't shut down. And, and so it's amazing as I struggled with this and I came to grips with it, I, I just found this peace that, that came over. And then Tuesday, we were able to conduct our first virtual counseling here at Ebenezer. Um, it was not lost on me that the first counseling that, that took place was premarital counseling for a couple who met at one of Ebenezer's counseling or one of Ebenezer's ministries aboard Quantico uh, with their permission on sharing that God had provided them as the perfect clients to get me comfortable in this new environment and, and, all I had to do was make myself available. Um, so reflecting on this week, I am so grateful that we have the means to do this counseling. I've learned so much. Um, this, count, this capability that we have will outlast the coronavirus pandemic. I don't know if we will ever have explored this option if we weren't placed into this kind of constraint. Mm -hmm. um, and I reflect on James's teachings to consider it great joy when we face trials of various kinds um, that... You know, that when this happens, God will use these trials to develop his people to become perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. Uh, and while we won't see perfection on this side of heaven, I think that it is amazing to, to observe that God is faithful to his word and that we can feel growth within ourselves even during these times. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I mean, thank you for sharing that. And um, I imagine that there, there are some of you who are finding yourselves in similar situations. Um, you might be in a higher risk category. You might have to adapt not only for your own safety, uh, but also for your own profession. But I have been really encouraged and inspired, Keith, because, I mean, this is a new reality. Like, we have found ourselves in this, you know, all together over the past 10 days. And you think about where we were at 10 days ago, and within, you know, a week's time, you have somehow uh, managed to not let fear get the best of you. Um, ask where God was. You were really just saying, like, you felt like God was saying, you know, don't shut down. And, and I think that that is so encouraging and that we can learn from one another because one of us might be feeling like shutting down, um, but another person is like, hey, listen, I'm not shutting down and here's, here's what I'm doing. And then we can, you know, get encouragement from that and, and get inspired. Um, would you be willing to, to share about what, what did that initial wrestling feel like? I mean, before you mm -hmm. kind of like sprung into action, what did that? Uh, it was a state of discontentedness. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I don't know if I would call it anxiety as much as nervousness. Mm -hmm. And then also it was coming to grips with wrestling with my own mortality. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, knowing that I have this thing moving forward, you know, this, this heart attack, which I have mm -hmm. tried to outlive, you know, I mm -hmm. tried to not live as a victim of this, mm -hmm. um, you know, still very active, probably to a fault as you can mm -hmm. probably, if you know, I'm wearing a boot right now from, from an injury occurred playing soccer. Um, and, and so just wrestling with yeah. that 
you know, and, and mm-hmm. it, what I find interesting is, you know, this is a form of suffering, I feel, what we're mm. experiencing, mm. but suffering mm-hmm. causes growth. Yeah. Um, and the most spectacular thing is sometimes the reason that we don't like suffering is it reminds us how truly reliant we must be on God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't like suffering. And, and it's interesting that we are finding ourselves in a situation where we're defining suffering almost as having to come to a stop and mm-hmm. having to know, having to name that we're relying on God. And, um, um, I like how you, you spoke about scripture in your passage. Cause I don't, you know, I don't think God causes mm-hmm. bad things to happen. I think that's dangerous theology, but I do think God is at work, um, working all things for, for God's good. And that somehow in this time of disruption, you know, it's not lost on me that we are in the season of Lent. <laughs> we are in a season that is supposed to call us to self-denial and self-reflection and we are being forced almost to walk through Lent. And I love the way that you're doing that, that you're not overly focusing on fear, but you're being very real in terms of how can I engage in this ministry? Um, and I think that you are speaking to Esther four, like, you know, that there, this is risky and this is cost, costly. Esther knew that entering the King's court could cost her her life. Um, she wasn't invited. It says in here that she hadn't even been summoned into the King's court for over 30 days. And yet she was being asked to do something. Um, and so she's relying on her faith and she's relying, um, on, um, God at work, you know, in and through God's promises. And so um, I love the way that, that the scripture is coming alive. And I'm encouraged mm-hmm. by the way that you are continuing in your ministry. And I hope that you are all encouraged as well. Um, if, in case you didn't know, we do have a Christian counselor yes. on staff. Um, he um, counsels clients every week, also leads wellness workshops and does a bunch of other things. And so um, if this is ever a resource that you feel you need, um, Keith is here. Now, we also have with us today our Director of Student Ministries, Michelle Paquette, and I'm excited that she's with us today because, um, one, she leads all of our 7th through 12th graders, and we know that many of our 7th through 12th graders are... 6th graders, too. 6th graders. I'm sorry. 6th graders. <laughs> sorry. I, I'm, in, I'm a Fairfax County resident. We, um, for some reason, we're one grade up with, with that stuff. So 6th through 12th grade, and we know that a lot of our students are worshiping online today and that they're with us. We know that their, their lives have been disrupted. You know, they're not in school. Um, They're not able to maybe connect with friends. Um, They're trying to figure out what this all means. And um, and we we just had our confirmation program. You know, we're having to be a little adaptive with that as well. And this is all new territory and terrain. And again, you know, we didn't ask for this, but but here we are trying to be faithful. And so I was hoping that you could share a little bit about your story um, and how this scripture is speaking to your ministry. Yeah. Well, I think the story of Esther is is just packed with so much that is applicable to what is happening right now. From Mordecai mourning over the fate of the Jews and what is going on right there and his feelings towards that, to begging Esther to have the courage to to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, When, like you guys were describing, Esther rallying others to help her seek God's wisdom and what to do. And, of course, the best part, Mordecai's rally cry of, perhaps you were here for such a time as this, is just Mm -hmm. such a famous thing. And that that line Mm -hmm. is always important to me. We actually have that scripture on wall art in our house for such a time as this. Mm. Um, and in my own life, I, I need that same push that Mordecai gave mm-hmm. to Esther, especially when I'm in difficult situations I don't want to be in or I, I don't understand mm-hmm. like this one. Uh, I, it puts me in that 
position. Like most people, I'm wrestling with a storm of emotions going on regularly, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's the weight and the concern of a virus that we just can't seem to have a handle on, uh, or the worry and the confusion of how long is the unknown really going to mm -hmm. last that can add to just anxiety and just stressors that you just don't know because you, you want to have a plan. Mm -hmm. uh, spiritually, uh, I constantly am pondering what God's next big move is. I'm always thinking on it. <laughs> And then I'm wondering, well, what, what is our role? What does God want from us in this? And what is my personal role and my faith with that? And so I'm, I've got that going on in my head. Uh, as a family, mm -hmm. I sit there and I wonder, well, what are going to be the effects of that on us in the long run? Mm -hmm. Will we be able to make ends meet. I think constantly of like, great, now I have to educate my children. Um, and I also, you know, I, I'm with mm -hmm. other people wondering, will we have enough toilet paper and eggs? I, I just, there's yeah. so many things that just constantly go through your head in this situation. And you hear those words thinking, uh, you know, for such a time as this, and you're like, mm -hmm. ah. And uh, another thing I, I struggle with right now is working from home, working remotely. Uh, yeah, it's a blessing, but with my kids home, I, I feel so much much guilt. I constantly am guilty feeling being on my computer working when my I want to be fully present with them. This is a, a precious gift to be here with them at this time in their life. And um, so I struggle and I wrestle with that and trying to find that balance. And it's only been one week, y'all, <laughs> one week. And so I, I, I'm thinking, huh, like I've got to get this figured out. But most of all, I really, in my head, I just want to be. And another thing, like you had mentioned, is you, just that constant um, trying to figure that out. And when I spend time in God with God in my devotional time. Mm -hmm. I see a, a constant trend that keeps popping up and that's God saying, Michelle, you need to relinquish control mm -hmm. to me. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I need to surrender yeah. to him in this because mm -hmm. in all circumstances, God is at work. It may mm -hmm. not be something that we see and yeah. in all circumstances, there's an opportunity. And so even if the circumstances seem, you know, just out of our control in such a big way, we have to look for that opportunity and what that, that looks like. And, and for instance, like Monica, what you were saying, we have the, we always are running around so crazy and stressed. We always got things on our schedule. Like our calendar is so full all the time. And here we are, a forced pause, yep. a, a mm -hmm. forced pause, a, a Sabbath that mm. God has given us. And it's, it's an opportunity to breathe. Yeah. Uh, another opportunity I have I always have praying in my head constantly, Lord, take me out of my comfort zone. Mm. Now, whether or not I fully believe that, I, I pray this prayer regularly, but like yeah. half of me is always like, yeah. eh, not really. <laughs> um, and here we are, like we, you know, we get the announcement, hey, you need to work remotely, you got to stay home. And I'm like, hot dog, you know, and then all of a sudden I feel like God's like, no, Michelle, you have got to, you've yeah. got to get online virtually. You've got to set up some, you know, a virtual youth ministry. And I'm like, are you nuts? Like, this yeah. is not the way I was expecting you to get me out of my comfort zone. Uh, mm -hmm. And I really struggled with that. And then I just, mm -hmm. here we are, you know, I, I went ahead and got started working on things. And God brought students and mm -hmm. leaders to walk alongside of me and to help me mm -hmm. get things sorted out. And what it, it's starting out to turn out into this beautiful work in progress. Mm -hmm. And what started out on Monday with me in tears mm -hmm. and just stressed out. Today, mm -hmm. I'm hopeful. I'm excited. I feel, um, mm -hmm. I mean, I still am like, oh, it could fail, mm -hmm. but it, I feel at peace yeah. with, with yeah. things that are, are how it's going to mm -hmm. work out. Uh, I, it just helps me know that. From the beginning of all of this, God kept putting the scripture on my heart, Hebrews mm. 10, 24 through 25. It was mm. the first thing, like the second mm -hmm. we got heard of news of like what things are going to have to change in America, this mm. verse just kept going through my head and it won't get out. Mm -hmm. And it's, it says Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Mm. 
It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward yes, love and good yeah. deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one mm -hmm. another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And I love that. Yeah. I love spurring one another on toward love and good deeds. And that's just like Mordecai yep. was to mm -hmm. Esther. He was spurring her on like to what she had to do. And, and we need to spur each other on. And, yes. and it talks about like, don't give up meeting together. You know, don't, whatever you do. But our meetings may look differently. Yep. It, mm -hmm. Our meeting may be with our family in our living room. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. it, it may be here online, like sure. virtually right now what we're mm -hmm. doing. Um, and it may be with our neighbor across the street that mm -hmm. maybe we never even have talked to, but mm -hmm. it may be there but six feet you know six <laughs> yeah. feet but uh -huh. that might yeah. be our meaning and what yeah. we're supposed to be doing and looking for those opportunities because God calls mm -hmm. us to love him and yeah. to love others and uh, so when I think of this like this for such a time as this yeah. is that what we're supposed to be doing yeah Amen. I, I mean, I love, I love so much of that. I love the idea of like spurring each other on. I love that some of your students are coming alongside yeah. of you. You know, oftentimes we think as the adults, we're the ones that have to be the ones teaching and, and leading. And, and in, in some ways, of course we do, you know, we're, we're the adults. However, like in this disruption, we have an amazing opportunity for our, for our youth, for our students, for our kids to teach us some things. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to teach us some things <laughs> yeah. if we're going <laughs> to continue to connect. And what an awesome leadership opportunity for them um, to validate these gifts and these skills that they have are like actually are helping yeah. ministry happen. Mm -hmm. um, and their voices are going to be heard. And I think that it's powerful. Yeah. And, and like Keith, I've been really encouraged and inspired because because, you know, you're admitting here, right? Like, I was in tears. Like, what on earth does... Ministry is about relationships, <laughs> yes. y'all. It's about people. It's about connecting. It's about sharing space together and breaking bread together. And here we are having um, almost our most valued and, 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 and precious gift. Um, we're, we're, like, forced to relook at that. And I can't help but see that God is at work in that somehow, maybe trying to break us of like some habits that just became monotonous. Like we're just doing things because we do them. And now here we're, we're forced to stop and yeah. relook. Now, in terms of youth ministry and how all of this affects your students and your ministry, um, what are you hearing from your youth like right now? And, and how, how do you see, you know, that God has placed you in this place for a time such as this um, to continue to be what you have been to, to um, the youth in the church for 20 years? Well, right now, you know, the students that I'm connected with through my small groups and through leadership, you know, mm -hmm. they're, you know, they're bored um, and they're, you know, and a lot, but a lot of them right now it's spring break. So, yeah. you know, we had discussed earlier, like there, some of them are still out gallivanting mm -hmm. um, in other states and haven't come home. But I, I think that for seniors, especially just mm -hmm. like even college students, this has been really a hard road for yeah. them. And um, because things are changing, this is their last quarter of yeah. things to yeah. spend time and make memories and mm -hmm. make decisions. And so that's a real mm -hmm. wrestle for mm -hmm. them in that. And, and that's mm -hmm. real, you know, as when we're older, we look mm -hmm. back and go, you know, like, oh, they'll get past this. But, you know, I know when I was a senior in high school mm -hmm. and in college, those last moments were so precious and mm -hmm. everything was a memory you're making. And so we're just making new memories um, mm -hmm. in a different way yeah. together. Mm -hmm. But it is it is a struggle in trying yeah. to, to do that. And that's why I feel like it's so important for us to figure out how to yeah. make sure that we're connecting virtually. And before I was so concerned about how, we, you know, you compare. You're, it's the curse of comparison. I was mm -hmm. so worried about comparing to what the youth ministry is doing down the street 
street or, you know, mm -hmm. when I, a part of all these web things, you know, like across the nation, you know, like they're doing all these fancy mm -hmm. things. And I'm like, I can't even do that. I've never even set up a Zoom. Uh, <laughs> and I, the most refreshing thing to me is, you know, my husband kept saying to me, just keep it simple. But I'm like, so yeah. well, what are they expecting? What are the students expecting? And when I mm -hmm. got online with students and when hearing from the students say, you know, we just need to keep it simple. I'm like, yeah. praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, you know, it was yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. it's that refreshing thing of knowing mm -hmm. that we just need to have connection yes. and that's what yeah. matters and mm -hmm. to keep the momentum of relationships mm -hmm. building and that yeah. can still happen. Mm -hmm. um, I'm encouraging small group leaders to still reach out to their mm -hmm. small groups to um, make sure they're connecting with mm -hmm. them to make sure that everybody's okay um, and thankfully mm -hmm. that they are so tech savvy. Sure. Students are yeah. out, you know, you know, from their hand with yeah. phones and things. So yeah, that's great. No, I love I love the idea of like keeping it simple. Sometimes we overthink ourselves and overcomplicate ourselves into paralysis. We were joking around earlier about you know watching things pop up online about what everyone's doing to homeschool, homeschool, yeah. or you know to do this, that, and the other thing. All these fun things. I'm like, oh, my goals every day are: is everyone fed? Uh, watered and alive. Yes. Um, and, and everything else is just going to have to kind of, you know, be dialed back a little bit because um, that's just the reality that we're in. So we don't need to be comparing to what mm -hmm. we're seeing. Um, and also, um, I like the idea of keeping it simple because mm -hmm. I feel like that's part of the gift that we've been given here. Um, if we're willing to um, embrace it, we are being forced to maybe look at the people closest to us and maybe have some hard conversations. Um, we're being forced, I think, to recognize too. I think, like Esther Four is saying, we're not we're not alone, um, but we might find ourselves in new terrain. Um, and and there's different characters in Esther chapter four. She had servants and eunuchs that somehow were on her team, even though she was an outsider. Um, and so we might find ourselves um, in new terrain. We're still Christians. We're disciples in our neighborhoods. Right. And um, sometimes we might be the only Christian in our neighborhood. And this passage reminds us that there are safe people that though they might not share our faith, they are providing vehicles for us to communicate messages. Um, so I think we have some opportunity there. Um, I want to point out, I just think this is really important, um, and I didn't mention it earlier. This particular passage, Esther chapter 4, was chosen a year ago when sermon planning was done. Um, and there couldn't be a more perfect scripture mm -hmm. for this week, for a time such as this, finding ourselves in this new terrain. But God must have known that we would need this scripture on this week and, um, and that we would need to be reminded that um, trust and courage and stepping out of our comfort zones are, are part of our journey. Now, Keith, you do mental health counseling, Christian counseling, um, and one of the things that's been on my mind in this time is that I'm worried that people will feel isolated. Um, what, what would you say? to anyone who might feel isolated right now? Um, reach out. Um, and and mm -hmm. by saying reach out, not, not in a text message, maybe a mm -hmm. phone call, um, maybe ask somebody to video teleconference. Mm -hmm. You know, FaceTime is an mm -hmm. amazing tool that most people with iPhones have. Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook Messenger is something that I've seen people using to stay in touch. Um, you know, depression and anxiety, they like isolation. And so mm -hmm. we have to be active in the way that we we kind of combat those and, and mm -hmm. we do that by reaching out and also to those that you know that may be suffering from depression or anxiety, mm -hmm. be the one to reach out to them, uh, let them know that you're there and available for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing sure. is just don't isolate. Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, and we have all these amazing means mm -hmm. of staying in touch right now that, you know, Facebook, you Absolutely. know, all of the different things Absolutely. that I know nothing yeah. about. I yeah. Snapchat, 
tweets. You know? I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Threads, vines. I, I got myself a TikTok <laughs> account. TikTok. TikTok. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't I know how to use it, but like, don't understand why people use it. But there it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't be don't be isolated. And I think probably the same is true for mm-hmm. for youth yeah. and for students um, who might already feel you right. know, isolated and lonely and alone. Well, yeah. um, it's important to remember that we were created for community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that is the core. Like yep. we were created for community, community yep. with God, community with each other. And mm-hmm. we have to reach out in both directions in these times. Yeah. 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 Amen. And, and that's what the church is. It's a community of believers. Uh, we're a royal priesthood. Yep. We are an interdependent body. And, and I love being up here with you both. I love being in ministry with you for a time such as this. I love our entire team um, because I really believe that God has equipped all of us for a time such as this. We might not know it. We might not fully understand it. But I really take um, courage from Esther here and because we have to kind of look and see all of the gifts that we've been given to this point and maybe keep it simple. You know, maybe it, the simple thing of making sure that we're not isolating, um, but to feel... Um, assured that we have been prepared for this time and that God will use this time for his kingdom and his glory. And so I thank you both for being willing to share your story, for being willing to share your testimony, um, for being willing um, to speak to the church today. And um, Michelle, would you be willing to close us in prayer? Sure. (laughs) Lord, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to gather, whether it's in person or online. Lord, we thank you for this gift of technology that we can do this today. Lord, we pray and come to you with heavy hearts, just like Mordecai, mourning for our land, for our world. Lord, and and help us to remember that it's your world. Lord, that we um, are given a gift to be here. And Lord, let us just pray and come together as one body to pray over it, Lord, and to just sit and to think through everything, Lord, and to look how we can look for the opportunities around us. Every single person has an opportunity. And Lord, just help us to have eyes to see it, to have a heart ready to take action. Um, Lord, just guide us in our families to build stronger bonds. Guide us in our time with you to find our Sabbath with you. And Lord, thank you for the chance that we get to meet together to encourage one another, to spur us on. Uh, Lord, we are here for such a time as this. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.